This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Brandon Kinsey and Pastor Josh Harima break down Brandon's message from April 26, 2020, where he unpacked the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It was a story about forgiveness. So here's Brandon and Josh with more. Hey, it's Josh Herma here at Radiant Life Church with episode four of our podcast, Radiant Reflections. Glad you could be with us. Hopefully you've been able to catch up on the other three episodes. What we're doing is a deeper dive into some of the messages that we give here at Radiant Life Church. And today I have the pleasure of hanging out with my bearded brother, Pastor Brandon Kinsey. How you doing, Brandon? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> you know, did you just like shoot some uh, Perrier out your nose here a few so, minutes ago? Yeah, so we had to bring that up that I literally, uh, if you're watching, you can see my can right here. If you're listening, I have a, a can of uh, mineral water that's carbonated. And right before we started recording, I totally just spit it out of my nose because <laughs> I was laughing. But that really has nothing to do with the podcast. So <laughs> that's that's welcome. how I roll, though. That's how I roll. I'm glad you could be here. So, so we are in a series right now at Radiant Life called At the Movies, and we are looking at various movies and and kind of gleaning biblical principles and and looking at those. Uh, if you joined us last week, Pastor Ryan talked about Darkest Hour. This week, Pastor Brandon did a message on the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, kind of, uh, what was that movie all about? Brandon? So, uh, loosely based on a journalist uh, that Fred Rogers actually um, had a relationship with. And so really, you you watch the movie, it has nothing to really do with Fred Rogers. It's all about this character uh, uh, named Floyd. Lloyd. Lloyd Fogel. I always get his name mixed up. I On the message, like I was struggling to make sure that I got his name right, because I was always flip-flopping his uh, first name and his last name. So... That's a little, I don't know what you would call that, behind the scene of the message, I guess. In the, in the mind of Pastor Brandon. Yeah, right? which go. good luck holding <laughs> on to that. <laughs> so this movie involved, you know, this character, you know, like you just said, yeah. Fred <clears throat> Rogers, right? I don't know about you watching or listening out there, but as a kid, I remember watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on a pretty yeah. regular basis. That yeah. was a show, it was in circulation for Decades, like yes. Now, did you watch Mr. Rogers? Uh, I did as a, some, as a kid? Uh, not a lot. I was more of a like a Sesame Street guy uh, sort of thing. But uh, they released Daniel the Tiger, which was a cartoon based on the character Daniel from Mr. Rogers, and I've seen several of those episodes with my daughters, uh, sort of thing. So. He totally spans so many generations, uh, which is pretty cool. So. Now, I heard, and I don't know, maybe somebody out there in, in the big wide world can, can confirm or you know, disprove this, but I remember hearing as a teenager that, that they had done studies, and kids that watched Mr. Rogers had much longer attention spans, and if you watched Sesame Street, you were like bonkers, ADD, because you know Sesame Street, it's all like... You know. Wait, where were you talking about? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sesame Street was all like, hey, today's brought to you by the letter G. Oh, look at Snuff. He just did something stupid. You know, like, I mean, it was all over the place. That's uh, my thoughts. But, I, so you didn't watch I'm, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because uh, I think that might be true in my life. <laughs> there you go. Somebody out there, go ahead and do the research for us. 
and uh, and uh, let us know in the comments or send us a message. Yeah, that would be or, interesting. Or something. Yeah. So in in this movie, right? Because you said, like you said, it's not really about Fred Rogers. Yeah. Right. It's it's more about this Lloyd Lloyd Vogel. Lloyd Lloyd Vogel. All right. And and in the movie, he has to grapple with forgiveness. Yeah. Like, why do you think that this is a topic that you know you, me, you know, whoever's watching or listening? Why is forgiveness something that we sometimes wrestle with? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I forgot what my quote was. I literally just taught it yesterday, but it, it just, it's a strange, oh, uh, forgiveness is a strange thing. Fred Rogers, I quoted him in saying that. And uh, it's like we know that we should do it, but it's difficult to do it mm. in a sense. And uh, I, just even in my own personal walk and needing to forgive people, and like I know that I need to do it, but. It's like we hold on to certain things. It's like we want to have control over this other person by holding these really strong emotions. And at least for me personally, anger uh, is that really strong emotion for me and when, uh, when to um, knowing that I need to forgive someone else. And so to, to me, like I feel like I have control over that person because um, I'm holding on to these sort of things. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it, a little sneak peek into my brain there. There you go. So hey, here at Radiant Life, kind of our, our mission, our vision is to come alongside people and help them live like Jesus and yeah. share his love. So through the lens of living like Jesus, what did Jesus have to say about the importance of forgiveness? Uh, do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's that there, you, there you go. All right, we're going to be folks. done recording, right? I say, we're okay. Gonna, okay. End of the episode. We just set a record here, brother. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did quote Jesus, um, where because Peter asked him, and Peter arguably is probably one of the closest disciples to Jesus. I would I would assume that they had a really awesome relationship, and uh, Peter goes to Jesus, say, "Hey, how many times am I supposed to forget my brother and my sister?" And um, uh, Jesus like, hey, uh, not seven times, because that was like the number of completion uh, sort of thing in, in Messianic um, um, world. But Jesus, uh, he always elevates the, the bar. <laughs> um, it is like not seven times, but seven times 77 sort of thing. And uh, I mean, I'm not good at math, but it would be a lot <laughs> uh, sort of thing. And it's like I would probably lose track uh, at that point. If I was actually going to, well, I forgave you. Uh, we're up to eight now sort of thing. Uh, you know, we're up to 100 now. Like, I, I, I think I would just forget. And I, I think that's kind of where love comes in uh, sort of thing uh, and just kind of overtakes if we choose to go down that road. Um, yeah. So Jesus says do it and do it a lot. He does. And in fact, you know, when, when Peter came to Jesus, he wasn't trying to... He wasn't trying to find the, the minimum number of times yeah. that he could forgive. In fact, uh, Peter, in his mind, he was probably already raising the bar because you know, religious leaders then were like, hey, I will, uh, man, we'll forgive somebody up to three times, and I'm, I'm being super generous. Right. So Peter's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really you know, blow Jesus' socks off here, right? and I'm going to say, can I forgive him seven times? And she's like, no, that's, that's not even enough. Yeah. Like that'd be, I don't know, you think Peter was all like, <laughs> right, <laughs> really? go into it all confident, like, oh man, Jesus just took it to the next level. And Jesus was so good at doing that, of just elevating so many different things. Uh, he was just so good at it.
Yeah, yeah. And now do you and I don't know, I I'm trying to remember. I think it's in Matthew six, right? But Jesus talks, I believe it's in his in his discussion about prayer, coming off the Lord's prayer, what mm-hmm. we call you know, the oh, Lord's yeah. prayer. Yeah. Um and he actually talks about how if we don't forgive, that can be a barrier to us receiving forgiveness yeah. from God. I mean, so that's yeah. I mean that seems to carry quite a bit of weight. Well, it, 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 so parallel, I mean, obviously Jesus, uh, he has the ultimate authority. Um, you know, yeah, and you go to, to Matthew 6 there, uh, and then you you also look at Colossians is one of my favorite um, uh, letters that Paul wrote. And just like, hey, you need to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And then if you ever sit and ponder just like, what has God forgiven me of? And, you know, for me, like, I live the, the lifestyle of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It just, like, the big sins, so to speak. I mean, in God's eyes, sin is sin. But, like, I had these big things that were in my life. And, and I, don't, I don't remember those things, um, like, in a negative way. Like, I know that I've been redeemed. I know that I've been forgiven from those things. Um, and so as I ponder and remember what God has forgiven it makes it easier for me to have compassion towards others that have hurt me. Um, and then I start to realize, once in a while, Holy Spirit reveals to me, like, hey, I even forgave you of that. And it's like, holy cow. And because I'm not a real compassionate person. Um, you can ask my wife that. <laughs> uh, no, please don't ask her. Uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll get his wife in here for the next episode of the podcast. <laughs> I'm just I'm not naturally a compassionate person, and uh, which is interesting being in a pastor role and just working with people. You um, you need to expel compassion onto people at times, and it's easier to do when you realize just how much you've been forgiven. And then when someone's hurt you and where you need to forgive them, um, it's easier to do when you realize just how much God has forgiven me. Which is, is maybe why Jesus, has, he butt-headed so much with the religious leaders, right? Yeah. You know, I, I remember growing up in church, and, and you'd hear these testimonies, people that were like drug addict, like prostitute, murderer, you know, you know people you're like, and then... I found Jesus, and then I turned seven years old, and you know, like you're like, whoa! Like I wish I could be like a prostitute, drug addict, murderer, and then find Jesus, you know? Because because I'm like, oh, I just grew up in church. But I think, I mean, for some of us that that grew up in church, yeah. and, and you know, we didn't have necessarily those those really identifiable, yeah. you know, like you said, the you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, these these big sins, right? Maybe it is more difficult for us to. You know, really grapple with how much God has forgiven us. Because really, I mean, whether you were sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or you grew up in church your whole life, I mean, you were still forgiven, and your sin still separates you Absolutely. from God. Yeah. So, but maybe it's just more difficult for for some of us that don't have that. Well, Jesus so. taught a parable. Um, of course, I'm not thinking of the reference right now, but uh, he talks about two people who had a debt, and one had a larger debt than the other, and uh, Basically, Jesus asked the question of, "Who do you think is um, uh, who? Who do you think is going to be uh, more grateful uh, for their debt being forgiven?" And I always felt like I was the guy that had the the larger debt. Um, but yeah, I mean, my wife Amy, she she grew up in the church, uh, so like her testimony, her story leading up, you know, it's completely different than mine. But 
Um, I don't know where I was going with all that. But if, if you don't have the same testimony as I do, like there are things that you've been forgiven of. Hold, just remember, remember those things. Uh, or just have an attitude of, um, of gratitude that maybe God <laughs> protected you from the things that I went through. I wouldn't wish uh, my story on anybody in all of the, I'm thankful for the experiences and how God has used them at the same time, I wouldn't wish them upon anybody, uh, just a lot of the, the junk that's been in my life. So Makes sense. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the spiritual aspect, right? I mean, if Jesus says, hey, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. You know, we addressed forgiveness from the spiritual side. But yeah. what might be the effects in a person's life if they hold on to things, right? They, they won't forgive. Yeah. Like outside of the spiritual, are there... Are there any potential negative effects of that? Oh, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I can only share out of my personal experience, but, you know, I shared the Hebrews twelve fifteen of just this bitter root uh, sort of thing. And, and earlier in that chapter, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about how we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And, uh, you know, just think of that, you know, when it's foggy out, that's a cloud that's down on the ground. Like, we're just surrounded by it. You're in it sort of thing. And, like, I mean, we're in quarantine, so maybe our cloud isn't uh, as big anymore. But uh, otherwise, we're in our workplaces. We're around our family members. or around our, like, there's this cloud that's all around us. And I think, at least from my own experience, is um, anger was something I really... Uh, struggled with. And my bitterness would uh, spew out with anger. And it always happened towards the people I love, unfortunately. Because uh, I didn't, like if we're friends, I didn't want to ruin our friendship. So I'd go home and take it out on the family sort of thing. Um, because like the psychological part is, well, they, they have to love me. We live together mm. sort of thing. Whereas like we're distant and I don't want to ruin that relationship mm. that you and I have. So I'll take my anger and my bitterness, even though I'm not even angry or bitter at my family, but I, I spew it out on them. And so I would defile and, uh, and just hurt my family, unfortunately. That's just in my own personal experience. I don't know that everybody struggles with anger, but as someone who has worked through a lot of anger issues, uh, when your counselor goes to you and says, hey, you're addicted to anger, hmm. um, that'd be a... <laughs> That'd be a sobering well, conversation. Well, well, I actually <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> like, I'm not addicted to anger. And then a week later, I realized I was addicted to anger. Oh. Uh, and, and it's like, okay, why? Because that's the question that you got to wrestle with is why? Like, where is this coming from? And, and then a lot of it comes back to, it stems back to some unforgiveness um, that I have maybe towards a person. So this situation that I have maybe with you I'm interacting with you, and maybe we get into, a, I don't want to say an argument, but maybe an intense conversation. It could push a little button that stems back to something that happened way back here where I didn't forgive this person, even though I'm not actually angry at you, but maybe there was something the way you said it, or it was the topic that we were talking about, and it actually stems back to this whole thing back here that I never actually forgave this person for. Um, and so that, that fuels these emotions that I have, and then I go home and vent it out on the family, and it's just not good for anybody. 
Which I think that brings up a good point here. <clears throat> you know, as we're talking, maybe you're sitting there and maybe you're getting a little bit upset because you're like, man, you guys talk about forgiveness. Like this is, just, oh, well, hey, you just have to forgive them, right? There are times where there have been things, you know, you said, hey, this might be from some deep-seated yeah. event or, or, you know, or something like that. You know, there are absolutely times where you need you need to bring in some some heavy hitters to help mm. you process through, yeah. you know, uh, any unforgiveness that you're walking in. You know, there is absolutely no shame in, in going to a counselor. You just referenced absolutely. going to a counselor. Yeah. <clears throat> My wife and I, I mean, we we meet with a counselor periodically just to try to make sure that we're the best that we can be. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna have tools to kind of help you get at the root of, you know, why why am I so angry? <clears throat> counselors are great at asking questions because um, because there's nothing broken with you like you're there's nothing wrong with you but a counselor helps you process these things that maybe if it was something that stemmed back say maybe even your childhood you didn't even have the cognitive to be able to process maybe that event uh, or knew how to describe those emotions uh, that happen sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we sit here and we talk about forgiveness, but if you're sitting there and you were abused in your childhood and you're telling me that I'm supposed to forgive that abuser, well, I am. And as someone who has been abused, who's been molested in their childhood, at some point you have to wrestle with that. And I'm not saying stay in a dysfunctional relationship. Don't be a doormat to this person. But it's what point do we release these strong emotions towards that person and forgive them? Because this is messed up. This is paradoxical thinking. But that person that we're angry with or have bitterness, they're a child of God too. <laughs> and Jesus died for them too. And that makes me emotional just saying that because those are strong emotions. Forgiveness is a strange thing. Fred Rogers, he knew that, right? And, uh, and so when we're supposed to forgive these other people, but you have no idea what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. And I, you're right, I don't. But it's something that we have to wrestle with. Well, and then you hit on something I think that's important there because sometimes an argument that you hear, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I can't forgive them because we, we feel like if we forgive them, Right, we're letting that person off the hook. Mm. Or we're saying, oh, hey, you know what? It's okay, or it doesn't matter that you, know, you did these terrible, you know, you're talking about, I mean, pretty deep stuff, you know, with yeah. abuse. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. How do, we, how do we kind of live in that, that tension of we forgive, but that doesn't mean I, I, I pretend like it never happened. It doesn't, you know, use the word doormat. It doesn't mean that I'm a doormat. Right. Oh, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna forgive you. And then you do it to me again. I'm going to forgive you, and it's just this negative cycle. How do you how do you kind of balance that out? How do you live in the tension? I don't know. Help help us out a little bit with that. Just I mean, because I do think sometimes we we withhold forgiveness because we feel like it 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 minimizes what that person did to me, and and the impact mm -hmm. that it's had on my life is significant, and I I can't let them you know get away with it. Mm -hmm. Does that does that make sense? I, I think so. I just don't know that I have it figured out. Mm. Um, I mean, Jesus lived in the tension, and I think if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we need to learn how to be comfortable living in the tension. Uh, I've heard Pastor Ryan say this about you know Jesus would be in the gray, and like we got to be willing to to be in the gray. And 
you know, just to put a, my twist on that would be the tension of we need to learn how to live in the tension at, at times. And, but at the same time, like we're not meant to do life alone, right? Like we're in this season of quarantine and not seeing people, which is nice to see you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we need community. We absolutely need to have community. We need to have people that will um, maybe hold us accountable on forgiving someone, but then they also walk with us in that process because walking in that tension is tiresome. Mm. The emotional drain that happens from walking in that tension, like it just wears you down. And I think that's where we need to have community. And yeah, Christian counseling, I'm, I'm such a proponent of, uh, uh, of Christian counseling, not because there's something wrong with us, but we just, we need someone to ask us those those right questions and help us process through that. Um, my life groups, uh, some of the most difficult things that I have as a follower of Jesus and uh, working through forgiveness, um, even in ministry, uh, I had my group of dudes that really helped me process through that. Uh, they'd pray for me. Uh, they'd ask Holy Spirit to, to kind of come in there. I think those would be kind of some rubber meets the roads to answer your question directly of, well, how do we walk in that tension? Is um, Maybe it's if you need a heavy hitter, maybe you need the, the Christian counselor, but really just having those close friends who love Jesus, that's the key. Like we all have friends, but not all of our friends may be a follower of Jesus. Well, Jesus is the game changer because when you have a relationship with him, you have Holy Spirit in your life. And if we have friends who point us towards Jesus, they're going to be pointing us to the power source of Holy Spirit to help us to be able to forgive other people. Because I can't forgive people in my strength. Mm. I need Holy Spirit in my life to be able to forgive other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, so we're talking about forgiveness. With forgiveness, there is freedom. And I mean, Absolutely. I think you just hit on it, right? So, I mean, yes. so, so that freedom is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, so if this is something that you're trying to do on your own, you're like, well, hey, I just have to you know, get the willpower. Yeah, I just have right. to you know, just get that. the courage or the, the, yeah. the strength to forgive. I don't know that we can really truly do that. Right, but, yeah. I actually was hitting on that on the, at 8 this morning. I was reading in uh, Joshua chapter 1 where he talks about be strong and courageous. But, um, well... Depending on when you're listening to this or watching this, the, the evening edition will already have happened. And the key was uh, meditating on God's Word. So God speaks to us primarily through His Word, but He would speak through dreams. He'd speak through animals. I mean, He'd speak through people. But God's primary way that He speaks to us now is through His Word, the Bible that we fully believe is inspired through the Holy Spirit through Him. So God speaks to us in that manner. Um, I think if we meditate on it day and night, through throughout the day, I, I, I think that's when we wrestle with Jesus' words. We, we wrestle with the way that he taught us how to pray. And we begin to chew and process on those things. And at some point, we're empowered by the Spirit to actually follow through and forgive a person, even if it's an awful thing. Yeah, I mean, and really, you know, when, when we look at this and like, man, we need the Holy Spirit to do this. We need the Holy Spirit to do all of the things that Jesus calls us to do. <laughs> right. I mean, you look at what Jesus calls his followers to do. He says, hey, uh, you need to love your enemies. You need to uh, you know, pray for the people that, that hurt you. You need to bless the people that curse you. You know, none of these line up with 
our natural, (laughs) you know, like our knee-jerk reactions, right? So these are only things that are possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. But he didn't set this standard and then say, ha-ha, you're never going to be able to meet it. No, he gave it, he set the Holy Spirit. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within you, and he will empower you to, to, in a sense, achieve that that standard. Yeah, it's this power source that, I mean, we're all still trying to figure it out, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We've had some really good conversations as staff. Uh, about Holy Spirit, but I feel like it's this resource that we completely underutilize. And so now you get into the subject of forgiveness. What does it look like to utilize this power source to be able to find freedom, to finally be released of these strong emotions and to find freedom to be able to forgive this person or this situation is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I want I want to bounce back just real briefly to kind of what we were talking about before, you know, living in that tension. Because okay. I, I also think sometimes people look at forgiveness and, and we equate forgiveness with reconciliation or restoration. Mm. That if I forgive them, you know, that means the relationship will be totally healed or the relationship has to be totally healed before I can forgive. And And I don't know that that's... An accurate picture. I don't. You yeah. got anything you want to throw in on that? Oh boy. <laughs> um, and if yeah, not, I, that's all no, right. I, I think I want to share this. I just need to be careful how I share it, uh, just because it is a sensitive subject. But I think there, you know, the short answer would be maybe we need to redefine the relationship. So let me give an example, and this is where I'm trying to be sensitive. Um, there was a person. Um, that I had worked with heavily um, just in a discipleship process. Um, uh, They had accepted Jesus. Um, We had invested in them, started building into leadership sort of thing. And um, this person was growing, but on their home front, there was a lot of bad things that were happening sort of thing. There was a lot of dysfunction in their, their relationship at home. And um, this person basically walked away from the Lord. Even after countless hours, um, <laughs> literally money, <laughs> um, and emotions poured into this person for them to just turn their back on God and to walk away just absolutely angered me that this person would do this. And I had to get to a point of, well, like, for one, I was just so hurt that this person would walk away and just make the decisions that this person did um, that it's going to affect other generations, and they, they haven't even seen the fruit of that yet. But I've been in ministry long enough that I'll, like, it will happen. And then it's like we got to come back in and pick up the pieces of that. But at some point, like I would interact with this person, I would see them uh, at different places because we live in a small town. And it's like, all right, I got to redefine the relationship. But that doesn't mean I cut them off completely, at least in this particular situation. You know, if there's abuse or whatever, yeah, don't stay in the abuse. But with this person, uh, I had to choose to forgive this person. Now, uh, will I eventually interact with this person? I have no idea. I mean, I hope that this person would repent just simply meaning changing direction, uh, and that they would come back to the Lord, that they would ask for forgiveness uh, from God. 
but that's tough. Like that one really stirs up some emotions, and that's what first came to mind as soon as you asked that. And that's all tension. That's absolutely all tension walking with that person. And then you hit, and then you're still friends with them on social media, and you see these things, and it just grieves your heart. And I don't know, like in John six, uh, Jesus did this crazy teaching. Uh, about uh, eat, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and I don't want to get into all that and unpack that, but you, you can go check all that out. But uh, in John 6, verse 66, some would argue it's the most evil verse in the Bible, uh, it says that many of the, the followers stopped following Jesus. And not that I'm Jesus, but this person that I was discipling, like they walked away. It, it reminds me of that verse. And it's like, is that just a small just sliver, splinter of what Jesus felt when all of these followers stopped following him because something got difficult? I, I don't know. I, I, I just I wrestle with that. That's what comes to mind when you... Can't be sure of that. So you, I mean, so you felt like that was a situation where you, you did have to forgive this person, but that relationship has not been totally restored or, or reconciled yet. No, I can share briefly. Uh, yeah, I can share briefly this uh, one other story. This was right when I was first getting into ministry. I felt the call that God was telling me to, to do this all the time. So we're all called into ministry, by the way. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in ministry. He speaks truth. I'm just saying that. <laughs> like, you don't have to have a title, or a paycheck that comes from a church, like you're in ministry. Just saying, you could be in ministry at the RV factory. You could be in ministry oh, as a come photographer. On, come you could on. be in ministry wherever God has you right now, because you have influence with people around you. Yeah. Little, so when little that light, little sidebar, because I thought you had to be at a church to be in ministry. I I seriously thought that. I thought, well, I've got to have this title, and I have to have business cards that come from the church. Like I thought that's what ministry was. When the light bulb finally went off, realizing that I, I'm in ministry wherever I'm at, then God started opening up even more opportunities for me to be able to do it more often. Where to now, um, yeah. Your paycheck does come from a church. It does come <laughs> from a church. So, but I, I was just getting started. And so I was working in construction at the time. And uh, there was this uh, facility. It was a Christian facility. And they would have students come to it. And uh, I got hired 10 hours a week uh, to come to this facility and use some of my construction background to help maintain and to build up this. And they would have students from all over the area come to this place. And the, um, they would present the God. So they built relationships with these kids at the schools. Excuse me. And they would teach these morals and values, which actually came from the Bible, by the way, um, of how to treat people, to forgive, and all that stuff. But they didn't actually talk about Jesus at the school, but they taught these morals and these values, which were all good things. But then they would bring them to this camp, and they would introduce Jesus to them. And there's literally hundreds of kids that would come into relationship with Jesus. It was so awesome to, to be a part of that. And so I'm into this ministry, and all of a sudden I get this email that says, uh, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, thanks, uh, but you, we're, we're kind of done with you. Just literally out of the blue. Like there was no, like, hey, we're going to come up with an action plan and this is what we want. Like it literally just shock and awe. <laughs> and needless to say, anger uh, arose. And I was a pretty new Christian. I was, I was still wet behind the ears, so to speak. 
And uh, I was very angry at this person who called themselves a Christian sort of thing. Um, Fast forward, like, I don't know, I, I think a year and a half, and someone who was still on staff invited me to come out to this work day sort of thing. And I had my son, Brendan, who you know, uh, he was a little guy. I think he was uh, maybe 10 years old at the time. He came with me because I just wanted to model to him about serving others sort of thing. In the back of my mind, I thought, um, we'll say this guy's name is Bob uh, that fired me. I, part of me thought, Bob's going to be there. Like, I think Bob's going to show up. And I'm going to be at a point where I'm supposed to forgive others the way that God... Like I, I knew the Colossians verse. And it's like, well, if Bob shows up, am I actually going to forgive him? And I was wrestling with that. Even on the drive as we're cutting bushes down and everything, and we're all, get, we're all done, we're having coffee and donuts that someone brought, and there comes Bob. And Bob's working his way in his charismatic way, shaking hands with everybody, and he gets to me, and he's like kind of shocked that I'm there. He's like, how you doing? And in that moment, when I shook his hand, I don't know how to describe it, when I shook his hand, like, I'm good, Bob. And it was like this release in that moment of shaking hands. Now, here's the cool thing is we, we're leaving, and I'm in, I'm in my pickup truck with my son. And I said, uh, Brendan, like, I really struggled for, like, I needed to forgive this guy. And I had a lot of anger and bitterness to him. And I just want you to know that when I shook his hand, I truly forgave him, and I hope everything goes well with him. So, uh, that's just another quick story. And cool. I was trying to model it to the next generation. No, that's I was good. trying to be a good dad. That's good. So, hey, forgiveness is not easy. right? <laughs> and it's not something that always happens immediately, no. but it is something that Jesus calls us to. If you're a Jesus follower, I want to encourage you to pursue forgiveness. Whether that means you, you get in community and you pursue that, or you get mm. a counselor, you pursue it, we are called to forgive. Well, hey, Brandon, thanks for uh, hanging out. Yeah, man. Chatting thanks. this morning. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, again, if your platform allows it, go ahead and, and rate, review, subscribe, all those things Thumbs to stay up. connected with what we're doing here, but also to give us feedback to let us know, you know mm. whether or not this is actually beneficial. So we yeah. want to be a blessing to you guys. We hope it is. Again, my name is Josh. Thank you for joining us for Radiant Reflections, Episode 4. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.